For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Podcasts are a burning thing, and they make me want to sing. I fell into a burning ring of podcasts. I went down, 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 and I made a podcast. And it burns, burns, burns. The ring of podcasts. The ring of podcasts. That was the worst intro ever, Mary Mini Monday. Chunkies, I am Carter. Doge. It's Jordan. It's only the worst because of me. Jordan, I have always known you to be a creative, but sometimes your creative blows me away. And, I'm <laughs> and not, that was and the I'm one you're choosing to be blown away by. Ready for it. <laughs> That's fair. But here's what I am ready for sugar, spice, and everything nice. These are the ingredients chosen to make the perfect little girl. And also, these are in the news. <laughs> It's the news time. <laughs> Are they making How a Powerpuff Girls movie? They're not. Oh, okay. It's a much more creative take at the Powerpuff Girls intro. Guys, we cannot sugarcoat it, Ooh. But, but Broadway is in trouble. Oh, no. The pandemic is unavoidable almost on any podcast, no matter your content or what you're talking about. It is affecting you in some way. The way it is affecting the movie business is obvious and something we have referenced in the past. But for Broadway specifically, uh, Broadway as an art form, as uh, a business, is going to lose probably a billion dollars. Wow. Uh, because that very much requires not only people in the seats, but a ton of people for a working time. in close proximity. So uh, things like Hamilton are a big deal, which on the day of our recording, Hamilton being streamed. Uh, again, it is it is the Broadway version being streamed. It is not like a Les Mis where it is a very much produced thing, even right. though uh, critically some of the good things that are being said about Hamilton at this point only being out for hours, uh, but some of the great things it's being uh, very much applauded um, is that it is going ahead and taking advantage of the fact that there is nobody there and giving you some more close-ups and getting you much more immersed in there. So it is almost as if you did pay for those front row seats mm. or maybe even something better. So better than front row. Better than front row. Zero row. It's wow. Zero row. Right up at right up in it. Uh so there's something to be said about Hamilton. There's a lot of pressure on it in terms of doing well because Broadway is like, is this what we do in the interim? Or is this what we do from here on? Like, is this how we make money? You start to pay for these. Uh, experiences almost like a movie. So hmm. with the fear of Broadway, and by the way, things, other live things like Cirque du Soleil, Cirque du Soleil filed for bankruptcy. I don't know if y'all heard that. No, I didn't. But they're mm -hmm. in really bad shape. So live performance, which is something that I know that all of us love here on this podcast. Uh, we are season ticket holders yep. uh, pretty consistently to Dallas Summer Musicals because 
uh, I do think that that is an experience outside of the movie theater. Well, I, I love it so much. And when there's we, so much respect for those artists. When we were in Vegas, we actually saw the Cirque du Soleil show Cough. Cough. Okay. Yep. So you saw Cough? You shouldn't. That was, was that a good one? Go anymore. Did you like it? Yeah. What was the coolest <laughs> What was the coolest trick they did? I heard they do a Goodness 360 me. at some point in that show. Goodness me. Actually, the coolest thing was that the stage goes like fully vertical and they jump on arrows. It was pretty amazing. But uh, yeah, I it, it is a bummer to think about live performance being one of the uniquely situated things that requires you to be in the room. Yep. And so I've got a question for you boys. Okay. Does, if, if Broadway... We'll say if it almost tanks, regardless, it's going to be limping for a long time. Sure. Uh, it is almost inevitable that Broadway will not be the same after what has happened with this pandemic. Mm. Uh, whether it is just uh, in real bad shape or it is gone altogether, do you feel that this effect on Broadway hurts or helps the movie business? Oh, I think it hurts. How so? Well, I think that a lot of our most successful movie musicals have been adaptations of stage musicals. I mean, a lot of our bombs are too, but um, a lot of our most successful ones are adaptations. But I also think that the movie business gets a majority of its money from screenings in a theater that are going to be affected in the same way that a live Broadway performance will be. So I think, I think it is two sides of the same coin. That's good, Doge. What is your opinion on that? Yeah, I think they're connected. I don't know that there's causation, but there's certainly correlation. You know, the inability of of large crowds to gather and consume the artwork that we create, I think is an unavoidable hindrance on any industry that relies on large performances like that. Now, yeah. you know what would be interesting, what I'm thinking about now? So something that's so fun about um, Broadway or Broadway style performances, you know, whether they're touring or whatever, the show you see is the show you see. Like, it's, it is essentially a single take from top to bottom. They're not stopping in the middle of a song yeah. and going, let me hit that again. And I, I would be interested yeah. to see a subgenre of movie rise up from this that is essentially filmed stage performance in a more um, fi filmed like a movie. But I, I would be interested to see like a subgenre of like single take one man show performances or single take musical performances with yeah. a lot of coordinated camera. I know that that is an insane task, but would something it, like that I think could feel be incredible. Like to somebody who doesn't know how it's made though, would it feel any different from the likes of 1917 or Birdman? I think it would. I think there would be an element of lo-fi to it that would yeah. make it clear that it's being filmed in a black box or that it's being filmed on a stage in a cool way. I don't know. I think it so. You're, be see, you're saying something maybe a little less produced than the things that some of our major channels are doing in terms of sure. Grease Live and Rent Live and things like that. Sure. Yeah. I, I, well, yeah. I think less and more. I, I think less produced in the sense of you know. I think they. Um, they would be a little more raw maybe, but I think mm -hmm. more produced in the sense of let's get cameras up in people's faces on stage and coordinate where they're moving and things. I mean, I even think it's okay if we see cameras in the wings, like it make it clear that it's a, a recording of something happening live by a coordinated production team. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm not saying I think it should, that should like beat out live performance, but just as an, as a potential um, like deviation while people are afraid to go sit in seats, it could be a cool option. Yeah. I've been looking for, for a long time, like what is the right medium for demolition man two? <laughs> and I think that would be perfect. I'm really glad you've thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll be uh, great. I was going to say, I feel like if Broadway leaves, 
uh, there's more bad than good in that. And I start to think about like jobs lost and how many students are going to art schools as musical theater majors. And does, I mean, that completely changes when Mm -hmm. that's not much of a profession anymore, Mm -hmm. but what happens if all of a sudden they want to put that creative energy into something similar and they say, you know what, let's go into the movie business. And so it's like, well, if all of these people, that wave begins to join and start competing against, you know, and these are super talented people. Yeah. It could be interesting. It could be interesting. As the consumer, I don't know. It feels like there could be some good that comes from it on the movie side, but you definitely don't want to lose that live performance. Now, when we get into our ingredients here, we talk about spice. If anybody's read Dune, Mm -hmm. economically, spice is a big deal. And so there continues to be stuff that comes out about Dune. Uh, There is specifically a uh, cinematographer, or I can't remember his role completely. I can I can scroll down here. I've got an article. But he has worked on both uh, Greg Frazier. So he had worked on both uh, Star Wars and Dune. Hmm. And so a lot of the times these two uh, stories are talked about uh, in the same breath because people are, a lot of people are saying like George Lucas had to be influenced by Dune, especially when you look at the desert scapes of Tatooine and things like that and the sci-fi vibes of it. Certain things that Dune is doing that Star Wars never could. And there's a lot of articles about how this is a, and Denis Villeneuve, one of our favorite directors on this podcast himself has said, this is, it's rated R. I mean, it is a, it is a uh, sci-fi epic for adults. Like this is, this is a grown up version because it was even said that George Lucas had intended for Star Wars to be for kids. Um, but there's a lot of fun stuff. You know, those the reshoots that we talked about, uh, we had mentioned those a couple of weeks ago. There's been reshoots for Dune. That's only a good thing. It's not bad. A lot of the times reshoots can be synonymous with something bad going on with the production, but these were not so. These were like, you know what? Let's polish this up a little bit because we know how seriously Denis takes his stories yeah, that he's trying to bring to screen. <laughs> uh, Timothy Chalamet, the, the, I mean, the primary protagonist of this story, uh, was talking about the filming process, though, because a lot of this was filmed in Abu Dhabi. Have y'all heard about this? Mm-hmm. So he said these filming days would a lot of the time start at 2 a.m. And the reason they're trying to start so early is because that is uh, when it is the coolest in the desert, which is about 100 degrees. Jeez. Um, so it's sometimes brisk. it would get up, it would sometimes get up to <laughs> 120 degrees. Ugh during filming and they would have to say, we just can't like for the, for the sake of the the lives of the people out here, we're just not able to do that anymore. Uh, But a lot of those that have been a part of the experience are being kind of hush hush, which I do appreciate. There's, there's equal parts of me that are like, please tell me, I want to know more. But then there's a part of me that's like, just give it to me fresh. And I think they're really protecting the filming of this movie right now. We'll see. There's been, there's been stuff in Vanity Fair. That's just really pictures of the cast and the setting, but we don't know a ton about it. Stuff that we know a lot about right now. Have y'all heard about Timothy Chalamet's relationship status, RN? No. So uh, box office ball champion, former box office ball champion, Isaac Gonzalez and Timothy Chalamet have been caught uh, spending a lot of time together recently and even rumored to possibly be dating. Uh, and so I just wanted to bring that up because it seems like a Venn diagram. Maybe is a this a Venn good omen diagram? Hmm. Is this a is this a good omen for box office bull for me? Because <laughs> Tim is on my team now. Is she? In, he loses. There? He loses a lot of his alluring boyish royalty charm when you just call him Tim instead of Timothy. <laughs> That's true. Well, I, I should not be as casual. It's not like when we usually grab coffee. Right. This is me <laughs> just talking about him. 
in that I do apologize, apologize, uh, probably someday knighted. He's not, he's American, isn't he? He can't be knighted. I have no idea. Uh, I have no idea. The Duke Timothy, um, and, and that, that current spicy relationship. Do y'all ever get into the relationship news? Not really. Does anyone so ever much. let you down? No. I think it's so, I think it's interesting. I, I, it's funny how much time is spent on things like that. I accidentally like had looked it up. I was looking up, I think his Instagram handle and Isa's Instagram handle, but now my entire search feed is filled <laughs> with Timothy Chalamet. And half of it is if he was a girl, what would he probably look like? I don't. And I'm going to tell you, this man is meant to be gorgeous no matter how he came into this world. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know that it would make a difference, right? Right. It doesn't make T- much. Timothy or Tamantha, I think either way, this boy I was going to say Tamothy. Tamothy. Tamothy is Timmy good. and Tammy. Tamothy is good. Uh, talking about basically like media junkets and following some of these movies that we're expecting to happen when the pandemic lifts. Uh, it's a 2021 film, but there's a lot to be said about the Batman. And we've talked yes. about it a lot on mm-hmm. this episode. Uh, but a lot of people being interviewed are being specifically asked about Robert Pattinson because there's an intense amount of pressure. I wonder if there's more pressure. You know what? I uh, Let's do this question first. Do you feel like there's more pressure in Hollywood when you are being cast as the role of Batman or when you are being cast as the role of Joker? Oh, oof. My answer is Joker because that's won two Oscars. Yeah. Oh, man, that's tough. That's a hard question. I think my answer is also Joker. I think so, too. Um, but because man. because none of the bat none of the Batmans have really like blown it out of the water coming f- coming completely surprised. And that was a bad sentence. And I know that I'm on a podcast and usually my sentences are better than that. But uh, like, but I think Batman has been a really iterative role that every every actor who takes Batman in some sense builds on the Batmans before them. Batmans uh, is the, the bats man before them. Uh, and we've not ever had a complete right angle turn like we had for Heath Ledger's Joker. Right. And so I think that that element of surprise is what makes Joker... Uh, like a, a a more higher a more highly demanding role, mm-hmm. guys. My mm-hmm. words today. What That's is fine. happening? I have always said the best part about you is the way that you do your talk. And my I think talk, that my talk does not be good today. When you do your talk, <laughs> normally your talk be so good though. My talk doesn't I, be though today. I have this one. It doesn't <laughs> it, be. It doesn't be very very often. I. Uh, I think in this case, it's interesting because I think were it not for, if we're trying to connect these Joker and Batman roles, were it not for Heath Ledger's Joker, which felt like a completely out of nowhere move, I would feel less confident in a Robert Pattinson Batman. Uh, Zoe Kravitz in a recent interview uh, had uh, everything nice to say about Robert Pattinson as Batman. And we'll have a question about what other people say in the hype of movies in a little bit. But she was asked, how does she feel, first of all, playing Catwoman? Because that in itself is a pretty iconic role, sure. all the way back to Eartha Kitt. Um, but she had, a, at, a, at a recent award ceremony, she had been, so happened, uh, sat at the same table as Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, and interesting. So they, mm. they, they got to talk about that, and it had just come out that Zoe was going to play that Selena Kyle role. But she said that Michelle was great, and she's got a ton of support from her, and Anne Hathaway, and Halle Berry, which... 
what is, I, oh, yeah, I forgot, I forgot about right? Halle Berry. That was so bad that Halle Berry did it. Um, and so that's fun. But she was asked about Robert Pattinson and she said, quote, good question. First of all, he's, he's a really good actor. He started out as this kind of teen pop sensation. And I think we all kind of saw through his work that there was a lot more going on. And I think that's true about Robert Pattinson. I so disagree I a lot completely. Of the times, I didn't see that at all in Twilight. Not in Twilight, I didn't. But yeah. beyond Twilight. I think his post-Twilight roles. Yeah. Sure. I think she means through his work means post. Okay. Of talking about that stuff. She said he's a really interesting artist. And that feels the fact that he is kind of mysterious in a way as just a person kind of plays into a Bruce Wayne narrative, which I think is kind of fun to say. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, she says, we, we have the illusion of Bruce Wayne, and then we have Batman in the shadows that has a lot more complicated things going on. So just in that, I think he's perfect for this role. He can relate in that way. And he looks good in the suit. Everybody keeps talking about that jawline too. He just looks good in the suit. We got that um, that little teaser, that red glow. That, that yeah. picture is everywhere of just him kind of slowly... Uh, getting a look at him. She says he's a great actor. He brings so much to everything that he does and that it's it's a really hard role and that people are expecting a lot. It's kind of restricting to be in that suit and still have to be somewhat emotive. And you do think about that. There's It feels like uh, Batman's neck never really <laughs> kind of jerks one way or another. <laughs> he seems kind of stiff, but some people have pulled it off. Uh, but one of the questions I was going to ask is how much do you lean into or take, uh, is, it, is it with a grain of salt when you start hearing about what other people that are a part of the project are saying about the project itself? Yeah, big grain of salt, I think. Yeah, okay. I mean, they're I under they're contract to say own. cool stuff about the stuff they're doing. Yeah, right. And then it always kind of stands out when someone posts after it's already been through the theaters and stuff. It's just kind of like, yeah. uh, who was it recently that said, yeah, I didn't get it either. The movie that they were in. Was it Jupiter part of a blockbusted it was Jupiter Channing Tatum for Jupiter Yeah, Channing Tatum Sending. to be like, you know what? Yeah, but I, I'd love to see what he had to say about it Yeah, uh, pre-release. So <laughs> uh, if we were to give, is there any advice to the Chunkies in consuming that kind of information? Because especially now, I think the media is looking for more reasons to just talk about movies. I think there's so much anticipation for coming back sure. uh, that we're getting more and more stories like this. Another thing that there was a lot of nice things to say about is uh, and it takes a, a lot less of people having to be there in person, but into the Spider Verse too. Um, the producer said that he's take he's taken some first looks uh, at kind of the animation of what they're trying to do for the second film, and says that it makes the first film in terms of creative uh, artistic liberties look kind of quaint in terms of saying <laughs> what? this next one is going to be. Those are big words. Uh, those are big words. And again, it's from the producer. So guys, I hope we get to talk about Spider-Verse someday. The, oh the my like, gosh. The the process behind the animation of that is so fascinating. Yeah, it's super fascinating. Um, and right before <laughs> so the, if did you ever watch Powderpuff Girls? I did. Yeah. I did not. So do you know there's one ingredient I didn't include in the intro. Do you remember what that is, Jordan? It would be Chemical X. Chemical X. Is there a new X-Men? Uh, there's not a new X-Men, but there's a, a pretty chemical-based show that's coming out. Fallout is going to be a show. Oh, yeah. Amazon, Amazon has picked up uh, Fallout. And I feel like right now, in terms of streaming platforms, I would say Amazon is the William Wallace of streaming platforms. It's standing there, and it's just saying, hold, <laughs> hold. It grabs, it grabs Lord of the Rings, and it grabs Fallout, and it grabs all these things. And, then, and, and I hope, for our own sakes, that it ends up culminating in some really, really good shows. And that's not to say Amazon doesn't have good stuff right now. They do, yeah, but they're, they're not in the same conversation of the HBOs and Netflix and Hulu's in no. the world. Um, and again, this is fun because it comes into, we've been talking about ever since uh, the success of The Witcher on mm. Netflix, 
that we're going to get a lot more of these video game based yep, totally, stories. Totally. Uh, we have Borderlands with Kate Blanchett uh, and that kind of stuff. The that's Last of happen. Us. We have last been confirmed. The Last of Us on HBO. Uh, and then we have now Fallout. How do y'all feel about that right now? How do you feel about a, a Fallout show? Yeah, I think it all comes down to just with video game shows in general. I'll start broad. I think it depends on the the, the game. So like, I think The Last of Us will translate well to screen and I think it's in good hands between Neil and the Chernobyl guy. So I'm choosing to be optimistic. I think that could yeah, be really right. great. Um, side note, uh, Nikolai Koster Waldout, uh, Jamie Lannister is my vote yeah. for Joel. Jamie. As of right now, just so everybody knows. Yeah, that'd be great. But um, I, think it- I I think that something like Fallout is is hard, right? Because Fallout is a an RPG. You're choosing your character, how you play them, who they are. And so I think it would... It's which like, yeah. Kind of The Witcher is too, but there's some canon the there thing that is, you follow. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I think that the, the greater the degree of player agency over the narrative, the harder it is to adapt it to a cinematic medium. Right. I think The Witcher works because those games do have a large degree of player agency, but Stories we're not adapting rails. that. We're, we're adapting uh, the, this first season was the collection of short stories. Uh, what was it called? What's that? Whoever, somebody who out there knows The Witcher books, it's the first one. That's all the short yeah. stories. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they're just doing this like, is it just going to be the environment? Is that why they bought the IP? I think like, so. Is it just, I want to be put in that area? Because Fallout- I'm watching what- Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I'm watching The Watchmen right now. Oh yeah, we finished uh, it. On HBO and it's phenomenal. I haven't been able to finish it because I don't have HBO anymore. I will soon. The Last Witch. Have- That's what the book's called. Thank you. Um, but The Watchmen is just loosely based. It is a sequel almost to what made that story famous. Um, so I wonder what Fallout will do with that. I think it's a, it's an interesting, I think the tough thing about this show that it's up against is there have been so many, whether it's zombies or something else, post-apocalyptic TV shows, Yeah, things like the 100. I mean, there's, there's really creative ways to go about it, but I don't know. We'll have to see how that goes. I think the Fallout uh, universe is deep enough as far as like interesting, um, places they could take it. I, I, I think I'm more hopeful for a like an interesting Fallout game than I would be for like an interesting Elder Scrolls game because Fallout typically runs through yeah. and says or, or sorry show rather a Fallout show versus like an Elder Scrolls based show which is you know sort of the medieval version of Fallout and right. the thing about Fallout is every game is a different vault a survivor waking up and so they can kind of just right. say hey here's a vault whose story we've never I'll- told. Yeah, almost an altered carbon kind yeah, of yeah. or true detective kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, I dig that. Um, another thing that I'm just going to throw into the chemical X category because it just seems like it's not going to make anything good. I randomly saw this when I was looking at other stuff. Jason Momoa. So the, the article was about how production companies hold tight to people that have made them a lot of money. Sure. So Warner Brothers, especially with the success of Aquaman, Aquaman is one of the best uh, uh, things in terms of box office uh, monies that DC has done with their universe. It made a lot of money. Uh, But they're using Jason Momoa for a CGI version of. He will be voicing. Uh You could not guess this in a million years. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Yosemite Sam. Okay. I read this and I don't remember who it was. Frosty the Snowman. Oh, no. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) <laughs> frosty the snowman um maybe it was good to go ahead and mention the jason momoa thing because it segues into our game okay 
which is as hard as it is to to guess that he was going to be Frosty the Snowman, it might be harder to play extra credit. Oh, man. Oh, no. At the beginning of our Nolan series, we did the first three movies. So I'm going to give you an entire pool, and you've got a lot more choices now, because instead of having to guess from Memento, or having to choose from Memento, Insomnia, and uh, The Prestige, now you have Inception, Interstellar, and Dunkirk to find three actors to play extra credit with. Uh, We have several choices. We'll start with Inception, which is our episode tomorrow. So we could do Leonardo DiCaprio, JGL, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Ellen Page, Tom Hardy, Ken Watanabe, uh, Cillian Murphy. Uh, we also have Marion Cotillard, uh, Michael Caine again. It's got to uh, be it's go got to be Tom or JGL, I think. Uh-huh. With with Interstellar, but you can also pick anybody from Interstellar, which is uh, feels like an even bigger cast. Jessica Chastain, Anne Hathaway. I don't know about Matthew bigger. McConaughey. It's big, also. It's just more. I feel like there's more. Do you think we could get McConaughey? I don't know, man. Then you have Dunkirk, Kenneth Branagh, Tom Hardy again. So maybe Tom Hardy's a double dipper here. Uh, you have uh, Harry Styles. <laughs> you have a handful. You have a handful over there. But I'll let you guys pick, and I'm I'm happy to reference any of these if you want to hear about or double check if somebody was in that movie. Uh, if you haven't heard the game Extra Credit before, um, it's a ton of fun, and I'll quickly explain. They have to get nine points to win Extra Credit. They get a point for every. IMDb algorithm top credit of the four that are given on IMDb uh, per actor. If they get all four of them, they get extra credit, which is five points. They can get a total of 15. Uh, They often do not, but this is extra credit. Guys, I want to tell you something as you're trying to think through who you want to pick. I've decided to do something fun. Uh, We had our box office ball draft last week, uh, and we have our teams uh, all set, and we're getting ready for hopefully a... existing second half of (laughs) the box office year for 2020. Um, And so uh, we can make anywhere from millions to billions in that game. I'm going to start putting a little more weight on the games that we play on this show and actually give you prize money for winning. So for this first time that we play extra credit, I will add to your box office ball purse. So if you guys can win extra credit today, you each will get $25 million in your box office ball purse. How does that sound? I respect it. This seems cool. unlikely to happen. That's why in a game where I can't win. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's something I do know to be true. A few weeks ago when we reviewed The Princess Diaries, we played extra credit and we struck out on Anne Hathaway. And I don't remember even one of the four movies that were actually in her top four. I do. I don't think we should do her. Good. Feels cheap. Uh, I think we could get three Jessica Chastains. Uh, okay. <laughs> Seems like an odd first pick out of all of the options. I'm just that trying we to have. think of of like who I can, who I feel the most confident in. I feel like Tom Hardy. We have two of his top four in this series. Okay, is my guess. Let's go. Oh my gosh, I forgot Timothy Chalamet was in Interstellar. What? He is? Yeah. I don't remember that. Tom, fifteen years is is the credit name. Interesting. Guess interesting, we'll find out. Oh, we also technically have Matt Damon, I guess. Yeah, you do. Okay, so what Tom's? What Tom's do you think we have? Interstellar. I think Interstellar. Inter- sorry, Kirk. Inception. You also have uh, Casey Affleck. You also have Topher Grace. Uh, Spider Man three, four times for Topher Grace. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think 
I think David Oyelowo. Oh, sorry, I was pronouncing his last name wrong. Inception, Dunkirk. I bet Dark Knight Rises and Venom are Tom Hardy's top four. You don't think there's a Mad Max? Oh, in there? I bet Mad Max actually. Good call. John Lithgow. John Lithgow. He's there too. What's he in? Interstellar. I told you, man. There's a ton of people. I don't remember movie. that he's in that movie. I'm trying to picture him in that movie, and all I'm getting is him from Planet of the Apes. And I know that that's not him in this movie. It's the same. Interstellar does weird things. That's him. <laughs> huh. Yeah, let's try Tom Hardy. I, th- I think Tom we Hardy could do for a sure. good job with yeah. Tom Hardy. Yeah. Tom Hardy's number one. Oh, he's in The Revenant too, though. That's a good point. With Leo, and Leo won his statue for that one, finally. Do you think Inception is in his top four? I don't, but we can try it. I don't know if it is or not. What do you feel confident is in his top four? Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. You want to lock it in? Yeah, let's lock it in. Bing, 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 bing. One for one. Mad Max Fury Road for Tom Hardy is his number four. Okay. Ooh. On his top four IMDb credits. You just got it. That's one of the hardest ones to get usually. I feel like Dark Knight Rises has to be, personally. Let's try it. But might might not be. Well, every movie might not be. Fair enough. Dark Knight Rises, lock it in. Bing, 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 bing. Tom Hardy, number two credit. Okay. The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. As Bane. Do you know Max's last name in the Mad Max franchise? Isn't it uh, Max something off? Uh, Rockatansky. Oh, no. I was, Not bad. I was How awesome is that? Rockatansky. Um, and it's good to average three per. If you get three per. Shoot, we could try Inception. You could win. I feel like Inception has to be in yeah. there, but maybe Inception. not. I mean, it was let's huge. Lock it in. Yeah, let's do Inception. Are we locking it in? Let's lock yeah. it in. Bing, 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 bing. Inception is his number one. Yeah. Wow. Credit. Yeah. I think so. Dunkirk, Venom, Strong Star, uh, or uh, Revenant, I think are, are all pretty likely. Venom, he was. He's the lead in Venom. He's the lead, and it made some money, yeah. but I, I just don't see it. I don't think Revenant is going to be there, but it yeah, could probably be. not. I think it really might be Dunkirk or Locke, which is just him for 90 minutes. I think it would be Venom over any of those that we've talked about. You think Venom over Dunkirk? I do. Dunkirk was much bigger than Venom. No way. Yes, it was. No way. I think Venom Venom was bigger in the blockbuster circle than Dunkirk was for sure. You checking that right now? Oh, yeah. Define bigger. How are you saying bigger? Like more money? I'm saying that Dunkirk was a bigger movie than Venom on all counts, I think. So on Box Office Mojo, Dunkirk worldwide made $526 million. Okay, then Venom was probably bigger. Venom worldwide made $856 million. Wow. 330 more millions. I, I'm <laughs> honestly, the biggest reason I am shocked by that is everyone I know except for Doge has seen Dunkirk, and I don't know anybody personally who saw Venom except didn't you, Carter? I have not. Okay. So you probably don't know anybody that's seen Venom. So, okay. You think it's Venom? What say you? What's this fourth one here? I think it's Venom. Let's go Venom. Lock it in? You say it. I don't trust it. He said it. Bong, bong. Mm. It is, and kudos for even mentioning it, Jordan. Lock. Lock. Lock was his number three. Uh, You did mention Revenant. Revenant is his only Oscar nomination, which is pretty wild to me. Tom Hardy. Love uh, He's due for one. Uh, he's going to win one. Yeah, I think he's so. going to get an Oscar someday. Super talented. You have three points, okay. which is phenomenal. Leo. Do you um, think we can get Leo? I feel like we've tried Leo before in a box office ball scenario. We've never done a Leo movie, though. I know, but I want to say he's come up in box office ball somehow. Oh, and The Revenant like wasn't in his top four. I think I have that memory as well. We've totally played box office ball with Leo before. Yeah, I think Why we have. Why have we done that? I think we have. I think we could get 
at least there three definitely of was JGL. a series that I just let y'all guess. I don't know. Yeah, let's try JGL. Let's try JGL. Joseph Gordon. I know we're really zeroing in on Inception, but I feel like I think Inception will be there for him. Yeah, I think Inception's there for him. I think Five Hundred Days of Summer is there for him. I think Don Juan could potentially be there for him. Do you think Dark Knight Rises is there for him? Dark Knight Rises could be there for him. Angels in the Outfield, <laughs> Third Rock from the Sun. It could be a TV show. That was a huge show it with really John was. Lithgow, by the way. Oh wow, he keeps showing up. Um, let's lock in Inception. Let's lock in Inception. Bing, 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 bing. Number one. Yeah. It's been the number one for both of these boys. Yeah. I think Inception. we can go ahead and lock in 500 Days of Summer. I think so, too. Lock it in. Bong, bong. Ooh. Ooh. What? How? Okay. Do you want to do... Do you want to try Third Rock from the Sun? I mean, he... That's a big deal. Uh, yeah, that would feel bizarre if that was in there. But sure. Well, it feels bizarre that 500 Days of Summer isn't. I feel more confident that Don Juan would be in there. Okay, let's go for Don Juan first. Lock it in. Bing, 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 bing. His number three. It's actually called Don John. Don John. That's right. Uh, I will give it to you. If you get one more, you are still on pace. Don Quixote, right? Starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, just Don to add to the pressure, if you get if you get a bong bong on this one, you have to get the next one perfect. Great. Good. Yeah. Good. I love that. Do you think Angels in the Outfield is there? Do you think Third Rock from the Sun is there? I have no idea. I don't know. Um. Oh, wait. Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh, yeah. Duh. I bet that's up there. Yeah. Let's, let's lock, lock that in. one in. Did you lock it in? Yeah. yeah. Bong bong. You got five points. Number one, Inception. Number two, Looper. Dude. Oh my goodness gracious. It's the chin. Silly. The prosthetic silly, chin threw me silly off. Silly boys. Number three, Don John. And number four, Seth Rogen film 50-50. Had a lot of critical oh. acclaim. When he has I cancer. wouldn't have even yeah. gotten to that one. Looper, I wouldn't have gotten that one either. idiots. Freaking Looper. You're kidding me. Yeah, five points. This next one has to be... Perfect. Do you think twenty five million box office ball dollars? I think I think we could maybe get McConaughey. Would it feel good to get McConaughey? It would feel, that feel more that than feels good. Like a fun How would it one feel? It feels like a fun one. It'd feel all right. <laughs> okay, which is more than good. Yeah, that's what I've read. In, the, in this world, it is more. Than let's good. do McConaughey, and I think the first one is going to be Interstellar, right? Yeah, I think so. Let's let's not lock any yet. Let's not lock in. in not yet. even Interstellar? I just want to talk about it. I just want okay. to talk first. Just give me a second. I just want to talk. Okay. Uh, Interstellar. Yeah. I think... Uh, Dallas Buyers Dallas has to Byers. be. I think... Uh, True Detective. You, you, you do. You don't think so? I don't, I don't know. I just want to talk. I want to, that's why I want to talk things out. I just um, want to talk. Uh, he's, in, he's in Wolf of Wall Street, right? He is not for a long time, but for a good time. You think that'd be up there? Mm-hmm. Uh, it Yo, could be. Mm-hmm. Might get a little woof. It could be. Uh, do you think we'd have a rom-com in there? We could. From the olden days before the reconnaissance. We could. We very well could. Which, which? What mm. is the name of the McConaughey movie that we watched as part of Summer of Love last year? That's How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Do you think it'd be that or do you think it'd be Ghosts of Girlfriends Past? No, I think it would be How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days over there. But I, okay. I don't know that I'm convinced that either of those are. I think I think his top four is probably populated by knockout McConaissance performances. All those Lincoln commercials? I think we go Interstellar first. Yeah. Okay. Let's lock in Interstellar. Lock in Interstellar. Bong bong. <laughs> Oh, so you can't win, but you can still get close. So stupid. It's so stupid. It's honestly so dumb. A kick straight in the nards. (laughs) So stupid. Perhaps, and I'm just thinking of this, perhaps Interstellar 
is hurt by so many people being in it. I think we've talked about before movies like Oceans movies. Yeah, they don't ever show up. They don't ever show because up. Because if you have so. an IMDb page, people just assume you were in that movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, now, do y'all want to finish strong here? Yes, yeah. Dallas Buyers Club, lock it in. Bing, bing, number one. Oscar winning performance. Two more guesses to get eight. How, can we do How to Lose a Guy, please? I don't think it's there, but sure. Lock it in. Bong, bong. Yeah. Six points. One yeah. more guess. Which I think, was Matt McConaughey also in Angels in the Outfield? No. Yes, he was, actually. What? He 100% was. In Angels in the Outfield? Yes. Who was he in that? He was one of the teammates. For real? He's one of those generic baseball players, uh-huh. So it's like before he was, I guess, kind of anybody? I mean, it was after Dazed and Confused, but... Dazed Dude, I have confused. no recollection of that. You're I guess, locking Dazed I, and Confused? No. <laughs> but sure. I keep I keep getting older, but this podcast is the same difficulty. <laughs> I really feel like it's like mud or true detective or something. You pick because I had I hit it out of the angeled infielded park uh, <laughs> with all my bad guesses earlier. I feel like true detective has to be. Let's do it. Garcosa. Yeah. Gar- You're in Garcosa now. You're gonna lock it in? Yeah, fine. Bong bong. Bong bong. Yeah. Yeah. Bong bong. Six yeah. points. Yeah. Number one, Dallas Buyers Club. Number two. He plays a character called Dallas in Magic Mike. Ah. Uh, Number three, Killer Joe, a movie that's uh, the director of The Exorcist and French Connection about this guy who, to get the insurance, is killing his evil mom. <laughs> Strange. And number four, Jordan said it, Mud. So that was extra credit. It's, it sure was. To end this episode, I'd love your name. And what would you rather do? Give me something you would rather do than play extra credit. My name is Carter and the answer is nothing. There is nothing I would rather do than play extra credit because while it hurts, it is good for us and it is memorable and often funny. Hmm. I'm Doge and I would rather go to a doctor and get an allergy test where they rub different, they mark your back with quadrants and they rub you or poke you with different (gasps) stuff because it would tell me the things that are bad for me and then I could know to stay away from them. And I think they would find that extra credit is one of those things that I just need to stay away from. I've had an allergy test and it is awful. Have you ever played but, extra credit though? But, yep. Hey, touche. Uh, Jordan and Topo Chico Enema. 